What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you have an itch and you want to do it, that itch is not going to go away. The itch is only going to get worse. And if you don't, go. And if you don't do it, the itch will just turn to regret. And so that's what I run into. And I run into all these people who had the itch, had the itch, had the itch, and then eventually realized that they got too old, they got too settled down, they have kids, whatever it is. And now the itch turned to regret and they wish they would have done it. the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast, your source for the everyday inspiration and practical tips that make international travel accessible to everyone. Welcome back to the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast. I'm Jackie Nurse, and I'm so happy that you're tuning in today from wherever you are. I hope you're having a great day. We have a fun episode today. We're going to start a short series celebrating those solo male travelers who dare to adventure on their own. And you'd be surprised at some of the things that they deal with. And we're going to kick it off by going inside of hashtag van life with my friend Andy Austin, who just celebrated his one-year anniversary, if you will. But before we do that, I want to tell you where I've been because there's a good reason that I took a break from producing the show for the last couple months. And there's something extra special in it for you right now, this July, 2017. Sorry if you're listening to this in the future and you missed the special deal. I'll tell you what that is in just a minute. Many of you know about and have actually read my travel handbook that I wrote back in 2013, which was actually my first attempt at educating everyone in my network about how I manage my travel lifestyle, from how I save for travel to exactly the steps that I take to plan my trips overseas. The blog has been an extension of the book and the podcast has been an extension of the blog. And now I have amassed all the best stories and practical, actionable tips and resources from all of these platforms and put them into one beautifully organized place, an online video course. So you guys are used to hearing my voice here on the show. Now's your chance to see my face too. Uh, So this course is essentially your shortcut to seeing the world sooner and smarter while saving more money. It's called the Budget-Minded Traveler Blueprint because it's made up of the very plans and steps that I use to make travel happen from saving money to passport issues to planning destinations, accommodations, packing, safety, budgeting, cell phones, and story time with me, plus a lot more. And it comes with a guided notes PDF to make the experience extra smooth for you. I launched it a couple weeks ago, but to celebrate the launch with you guys here on the podcast, I'm offering a special deal for anyone who wants to say yes to prioritizing travel in your lives right now. The introductory rate for the course is $59. $59. It's like maybe what you pay 
for one month at your gym or one dinner out. Yet this course is going to pave the way for you to travel like I do. And special price for you, I'm offering an exclusive discount to listeners of the podcast. <clears throat> That's you. So with promo code BMT podcast fan, BMT podcast fan, all one word, you can save 15% right now. And that is good through July 31st at midnight. So jump on it if you still can. I know that not everybody listens to the show as soon as it's published. So I'm giving you an entire month to get on this promo code. So go to thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash blueprint to sign up. You can see what other people are saying about the course there as well. Things like, it feels like such a natural extension of the podcast. And even after the first section, I feel so inspired to get back into my travel goals. That was from Veronica. Shout out to Veronica because I know you're listening to this. And this one from Austin, I was legitimately blown away by the course. It is truly packed full of knowledge and tips that even the most experienced traveler would learn from. I actually tried my best to pick holes in it and I really couldn't. There are so many things in there that had I known when I first started traveling, I would have saved myself a small fortune. This is some powerful stuff. There's a section in the very first module of the course where participants are invited to leave comments about what their travel goals are. And I am going to read a few of those to you because I have a feeling that some of these will resonate with some of you. Alana says, figuring out how to truly prioritize travel rather than just pretending like I am is my biggest goal for this course. Cassie says, I've always wanted to travel and see this beautiful world. Like most people though, I've used money as an excuse to postpone it and an experience and work and fear, but I need to get out of my comfort zone and out of my own way. I love that. Jen says, some major life changes made me stop and think about where I wanted to take my life. I've come to realize that my goal is to travel as frequently as possible, both nationally and internationally. There are so many amazing places I want to see. From this course, I hope to take what I've already learned from Jackie to the next level, especially financially. Nicole says, I've never been off this continent and I'm just starting to plan my very first solo trip. Europe is the goal. I'm terrified and so excited. And one more, Matthew says, I want to stop dreaming of all the places I want to see. And I want to start experiencing all the places I want to experience. I want my wanderlust to fuel the life I want to live. And I don't want to go broke achieving it. These are the kind of people that are signing up for this course. So if that at all sounds like you, go check it out because this course is exactly where you need to be. I could go on. It is so cool to see you guys stepping up and declaring your goals. I know it's a powerful thing and I can't wait to see where you all go. So again, go check out thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash blueprint and use promo code BMT podcast fan to get 15% off your enrollment before July, 2017 is over. And if you're listening in the future, Go to the website and see if there are any current deals going on. The course is going to remain open for enrollment for whenever you are ready to join us. All right. Thank you for letting me say that. Thank you to those of you who have already enrolled in the course. I can't wait to see more of you in there. But for now, let's get to today's conversation. Andy Austin is a Montana-based adventure travel photographer living on the road in a converted van, sometimes down by the river. He has worked with clients such as National Geographic Traveler, the World Wildlife Fund, Reebok, and more. And his ultimate goal is to inspire his social media followers to get out and see the beautiful world around them, even if it's in their own backyard. And that is one of the best points going into today's conversation. So on that note, I'd like to welcome Andy Austin. Okay, so we have Andy Austin joining us today. Andy, actually, where, where exactly are you right now? Uh, today, I'm in Billings, Montana. 
Okay. And that actually happens to be where you're from, right? It is. So I, uh, I managed to sneak into my parents' house to use their Wi-Fi in a nice quiet <laughs> space for this. Sweet. This is a legit question for you these days because your house has wheels. It moves. Yeah. <laughs> it moves. I usually don't spend more than two nights in one location. More than two nights. You are on the go. Um, and we're coming up on a special anniversary for you, are we not? I am. Two days from now is my one-year anniversary of when I adopted homelessness. <laughs> when you moved into my neighborhood. <laughs> I remember talking about that it around this favorite. time last year. Yeah, exactly. Well, cool. I'm excited to um, kind of just get into that today and talk about what you have experienced with your hashtag van life. And, um, but first I think we need to do something rather important. Andy and I have both selected beers to enjoy during this interview and we're patiently waiting to open them so that we can add some extra effect to the show. (laughs) So at least I haven't opened mine yet. Have you opened yours, Andy? I have not opened mine, but it's been taunting me. Okay. It's nice and cold and refreshing. What are you drinking? I am drinking a Lewis and Clark Brewing Company, which is out of Helena, Montana. It's a prickly pear pale ale made with real cactus fruit. Ooh. You know what? I have not had that one before. I should try that. It's delicious. Montana has some really, really good beers, but they kind of don't even hold a candle to how many beers there are here in Colorado. I'm actually in Boulder right now, which... I feel like I'm in a different place every time I record a podcast episode, too. But um, Land of many beers, that's why we decided to... Uh, actually, that's not why. It's just an excuse um, to <laughs> enjoy a craft beer during an interview. So I am actually drinking a Sunita's Black IPA. And this is from right here in Boulder. Uh, I think Black I've actually IPA. had that IPA. Have you? I have, and it's quite nice. Nice. Yeah, Black IPAs are my favorite. So here we go. I'm opening. All right. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That's, that's the most beautiful time in the world right there. I love it. All right. Cheers, Andy. This is how we can have a beer together from across, well, a few borders at least. So This is nomads sharing beers. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> cheers to you guys out there who are in the same boat. Let's all have a beer together and talk about van life. <laughs> so, Andy, you and I, you and I have uh, been friends for a couple of years now, and you are a photographer freelance photographer and kind of doing your own thing, which I think is awesome. Um, I, I actually found you, this is kind of funny. I don't know if you know this. I found you on Instagram long before I even knew like who you were. Um, and I followed when you were still peak photography. Oh man. Back in the old days. Oh yeah. That wasn't actually that long ago. Cause no, I think I was following was... peak photography for a while, but wow. So you so you didn't even mention that the night we met. You just were like, I'm just going to slyly act like I don't know you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, I was probably starstruck when I met you, Andy. Oh, I, I don't, yeah. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know exactly when we met for the first time, but it was probably through our mutual friend, Corey. So yep. you met at this house at a campfire and it was, I don't know, a couple of years ago now. Okay. That was it. It was a couple of years ago. It was almost exactly two years ago, actually. Anyway, Andy on Instagram, you actually have two different ones. I do. Andy Austin photo. That's yep, your that's main, my main one. Mm-hmm. And then what we're going to talk about today is Andy and the van. Mm-hmm. Which is also my blog name that I don't blog enough with. You should be writing because your story is really interesting. I finished one. I have a blog that I'm almost done with for my anniversary that will come out. Hopefully on the anniversary if I finish it before I leave for Jordan. So okay. 
So two days. I finished that after the video. Cool. Yeah. Where can people find that? Andyandthevan.com. Andyandthevan.com. And also check them out on Instagram, both of them, Andy and the Van and um, Andy Austin Photo, uh, because he is an incredible photographer. So Andy, let's talk about you. Let's talk about your story and what led you to uh, your current home. Because that is what I want to share with my listeners is the fact that you've now been living in a, out of a van for the last year. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about you, like where, where you came from and where your career shifted to make you want to live in a van, et cetera, like all of that stuff. Yeah. And my story is pretty interesting because I think the weirdest part about mine is like, I didn't want to live in a van for like the cliche van life photos. Like even if you look at my Andy Austin photo account, like you don't even see my van that much. And so for me, it just made sense. It really just was like, I'm traveling all the time. I'm not in one place. And then I was sleeping in my Subaru a lot and I'm six, five. And so that was just not convenient. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it just made a lot of sense. And the other thing is growing up long before I was not an adventurer, long before I was not a photographer, all this stuff, I dreamed of owning a VW bus. Basically, I have no idea why. But I always thought they were the coolest cars. I think you're among your people here. I'm pretty sure a lot of people think that that's a really romantic idea. For sure. And then when I actually got closer to the whole van life dream, um, I knew I wanted to live in it for at least a couple of years and then do that and just see how it goes. I really, of course, wanted a Westia, Westfalia, all that. But when looking into them, they were so expensive for the value. They're beautiful machines, but at the same time, they're just not reliable. They break down every other day and, and uh, they get terrible gas mileage and, you know, all this stuff. So I ended up going with a, a nice Dodge Sprinter van, um, just a big white, tall van. And I absolutely love it. For the value of it, I get great fuel economy. It's really reliable. And, you know, it's got way more power and speed than a, than a Westie does. It's just not as beautiful looking. You know what? I think I'm actually looking at one of those right now. Are they kind of narrow and tall? Yep. That's a Sprinter. There's one, uh, and I see the Dodge emblem. There's one right here in my parking yep, lot. Probably. Yeah. Probably living there. Um, so this is really cool. Cause I can kind of imagine I've seen the, I, I've seen pictures of your van as well. Mostly you actually take more pictures of the inside than you do of the outside too. I the think. inside is much more beautiful. It's all reclaimed <laughs> wood. It's, and then usually beautiful girl in there, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it, it helps tie it all together much more than the outside looks like a creepy white van. You are, I have to say you are better at that than anyone I know. How do you always find beautiful women to have in your pictures? Everywhere get, you go. I get you, asked, <laughs> so much and i honestly don't know the answer you just have a lot of friends a lot of girlfriends i do and that's how i've always been i always grew up having more girlfriends than guy friends and now it's working out for you because they look amazing in your photos yeah and it just helps now that like it's it's just become a thing to have beautiful girls posing (laughs) in the van it works I don't mind. Obviously, I'm not complaining at all, but I do get asked a lot of questions, you know, when I come back to Billings and I see my family and my dad's just like, well, who's that girl or that one or that one? You're like, dad, it's not what you think. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Just I'm paying them for a photo shoot. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, exactly. I pay them in tacos and beer usually. Mm-hmm. I love it. So yeah, but back kind of where I started this thing was, so I, I I played football all through college in Montana State, all that fun stuff. 
And uh, so I played college football. And then I graduated with kind of no life plan. And so uh, then I settled down and got a job here in Billings, which I worked for a year and a half, sitting in a cubicle, basically. And it basically slowly started killing me, I think. So I just got to this point where I realized, here I am. I have no wife, no kids, no girlfriend, no ties to really anything. So why would I, why would I sit in this office and people will pay me to travel the world? As a photographer, you're thinking, or how, how are you automatically coming to that conclusion that someone would pay you to travel? I, I, as a photographer, because during my time working my old job, which was tourism promotion, doing social media, you know, PR, all that fun stuff. I was basically working as a full-time photographer on the side of that too. So I knew it was possible. I knew I had enough clients through that. That's when you started peak, right? Uh, no, I started peak actually in college. I started oh. it in my last years of college. Oh, okay. So I was playing football, running a charity, running a photography business and going to school. Okay. So you've always had this interest in photography. Uh, even before you started all your traveling and all of that. So, so photography was kind of your thing, right? Yeah. And I grew up traveling and I grew up with a camera in hand always. I never thought like photography would be, you know, my calling or, or a job or a career or anything more than just like, I travel a lot. I like to take pictures. Yeah. You know what? I have an observation here. This is really cool because I think I can, I saw that through your Instagram actually, because you used to say like, wow, this is crazy. Like, can't believe there's so many of you like following me and you just would post your pictures and they're just, they're that good. Andy, really like, they're just that good. And people loved them. And you just started doing shows and selling prints. Like, Whoa, I can maybe do something with this. Is that sort of how it went for you? Like it just kind of, it is pretty, yeah, yeah like it, that's what it seems really like. I remember launching my first website. And I launched it as andyastonphotography.com. And I still had two years of eligibility playing football left. And in the first like few nights of launching the website, I sold like 20 prints. That's and I was crazy. blown away that people actually wanted this stuff. Mm. And so I, I was like shocked. Well, then the NCAA actually shut me down four days into it. They, they basically sent me like a cease and desist letter. And actually, I was ineligible for a week of football during the season. Um, because you were because trying to make I, money? Yeah, because oh. I launched my own business. And they basically told me oh that gosh. they own my name mm. until I graduate. And so I cannot oh. use my name or likeness to promote a business. So you came up with Peak? <laughs> You're so smart. Way to, way to work the system, Andy. So let's fast forward back to uh, talking about the van a little bit. Because now we know that you basically... After you quit that job, you went off on your own to be... Actually, that was... When did you quit that job? April 22nd, that last year. So this is my year anniversary. Yeah, last year. And then you decided to go out on your own freelancing, figuring you can sustain yourself with what clients you have and just kind of take the leap and go out on the adventure and see what you can find, right? Correct. So how did you do your van? Did you build it out or did you have it done already or... How did that work? No, so I got it off a of Craigslist from a guy who converted it and did an amazing job on the conversion. Okay. It, it was just a stroke of luck. I had been looking for vans for, for months and I had checked out a number of vans and just none of, like I always had this list of things that I wanted the van to have and none of them could fit into, could like get every item checked. So 
one day, because I, I was guiding in the summertime uh, for my parents' company, Austin Adventures, and I was with, between guiding trips, and I just happened to be in Bozeman for two days uh, before I had to drive down to the Tetons. And I looked on Craigslist, and there happened to be this beautiful Sprinter van. And I was just awestruck by it. So I immediately emailed the guy, knowing he's probably got a bunch of offers already on it. Because once these converted vans go up for sale, they're gone lightning quick. Mm-hmm. So emailed the guy, and I said, hey, I'm you know in town for like two days. Is there any chance I can come check it out before Monday afternoon? And he said, yeah, you can come check it out Monday morning. And I said, perfect. So I go and I, I check it out. I drive it around. I'm like, this is amazing. And I basically bought it on the spot. And so oh, wow. I wanted to get a mechanic to check it out. But he's like, yeah, you can. I was like, can I get a mechanic to look at it? He said, yeah, no problem at all. However, uh, you have to... There, there's another guy who has a mechanic checking it out this afternoon. Yeah. So basically, if you want it, take it. <laughs> Correct. Jump on it. And I, yeah. I could tell he did an amazing job on the, on the conversion and had taken immaculate care of it. So I took a leap and I remember walking to the bank and going up to the bank and saying, okay, I need a cashier's check for this amount. And they looked at me and said, you do realize that's pretty much all the money you have, right? And I looked at them and said, yes, I know. Give me the cashier's check. <laughs> so... I basically drained my account, which was like all this money that I'd saved up while working my normal job and while, while working as a photographer during that time, it was all this money I had saved up for like a rainy day and basically said, okay, if this whole freelance thing doesn't work out, at least I have this to fall back on. Yeah, you could sell it. It's an investment. Absolutely. So then I, I took my rainy day fund and totally wiped it out. And then I kind of knew, okay, now I have to make the freelance life work. I love that. Um, I have a question. I don't, I don't know if you're comfortable sharing this, but how much was the van? So the van was 22,000, which fully converted is a pretty good deal because those sprinters run anywhere from 10 to 15,000 for the conversion or for the, just a shell. And then he had put solar panels on it. He had put stove, a sink, all reclaimed wood cabinetry, uh, beautiful uh, memory foam mattress in it. And then the kicker that Ashley had in it, which was not on my list of things that I would want. But now if I was to build my own van out, I would definitely want, which is a diesel furnace. So that kept me alive this winter. I was going to say, you're from Montana. Like, that's why you need it. <laughs> I suppose it depends on where you're going to be taking your van if you, if you really need that. <laughs> but. And that, that was my whole thing was like, oh, I'm going to get the van. And then I'm going to spend most of, my, most of my winter in like the Southwest where I'll escape the cold. Well, that didn't even happen. I spent most of my winter actually in Montana. So cold. If it wasn't for the furnace, I would have been dying for mm-hmm. sure. So that was a lifesaver to have. Okay. So since you got the van, what have you been able to save? I mean, you ha- you probably had an apartment before that that you would have given up. Did you have a car? Um, how much are you spending in gas? Like, How does the budget for the lifestyle compare? Because I know you've kind of run into some problems and... So how does that actually compare? And do you still have a place you can go or is the van it besides the, your parents? As of right now, the van is pretty much it. My parents do let me come and crash here if I want to. It's nice. Um, <laughs> I try to keep that to my mom. Yeah. And, but they, they're always happy to see me. And they know that if they, if they open the doors to me, that means I'll actually come back and say hello from time to time. So Smart parents. <laughs> they're always happy to see me. So yeah. they don't mind if I come and crash here. 
Um, through the through, through the harshest parts of winter, I actually crashed at my sister's place for a little while, just because it was about negative forty in Montana. Uh, why didn't you just drive south? <laughs> you can drive. I know, I know. The only reason I didn't drive south was because of wheels of change. So okay. I was working on this bike project, and I had to be here to be basically taking apart bikes and collecting bikes to put in the shipment. And so that was the only reason that was the only thing holding me back from leaving Montana was that. And so during those really harsh, cold weeks, I just kind of went to my sister's house and bunkered down and, and gave her a little bit of rent money and, and, uh, and did that. But, but overall, I calculated it the other day. I've saved about $12,000 in rent so far. Wow. Because I was living, I, was, I, I wasn't really financially smart in the fact that I had an apartment to myself a two bedroom apartment in Billings by myself, which ran about eight fifty a month plus another 150 or so utilities a month. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm saving a thousand dollars a month on that. I would say that my expenditure for diesel and gas hasn't gone up that much. I was driving a lot back when I had my job just because I was always driving up to the mountains pretty much every day. And my van gets, my van gets about 20 miles per gallon plus uh, 20 on a bad day for fuel economy. So doing pretty well on that front. Okay, that's good. And um, I know that you've written about some of the struggles of the reality of van life. Can you share some of that? Because I know that from afar, it kind of, I mean, obviously, well, I've been on the road for a while. And so I kind of understand. And it's even hard for me to say like, oh, it looks so nice because I kind of get it. Um, that right. it's not always sure. so nice, you know, but, um, what have been some of the struggles that you've faced since moving your life into a van? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely not as glamorous as people think it is. Cause when they look at my Instagram, what they see is they see beautiful locations, beautiful and women, <laughs> and then the sunrises, the sunsets, they see, you know, all of these people that I get to hang out with, you know, I'm pretty fortunate to have pretty amazing group of friends. It's, it's a pretty amazing opportunity. So there are a lot of negative sides that because that people see how beautiful it is, right? So they don't really think about the downsides. So I get approached by everyone where, you know, it's old guys I've played football with or even just friends who are even in this life who just just see the highlights. They see the Instagram posts, the Facebook posts, and they don't realize that that kind of captures maybe 10% of my day. And then the other 90% is sitting in coffee shops and working, or it's, you know, sitting in the van by myself in a Walmart parking lot, having nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I wrote that one article and it's, it's, you know, it gets lonely mm-hmm. and there's a lot of times where you just have to go back to the van and, and just hang out, you know, and forget about like dating, dating when you, when you spend two nights in a location and then move on, uh, dating is pretty much impossible. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we had our first date. Okay, now I'm leaving. We have our second date in three months, right? Hey, at least you're getting dates. <laughs> right, that helps. <laughs> but no, it's so I love this life and I love what it what I'm able to do with it. However, there are the downsides, you know, like anything. I don't think people were meant to live in vans. So Right. You've got to be really adventurous. You really do. Yeah. It's right. I mean to live I mean, in like I think it's like fifty square feet or something I live in. Yeah. And I was actually talking to somebody the other day about, about a tiny home and like how that's kind of, I think my next step is to maybe go into like a four or 500 square foot tiny home. Oh my gosh. It's going to be huge. 
a friend of mine's <laughs> parent who didn't know I lived in a van goes, wow, you're like a really big person to live in that small of a space. And like, we both laugh. But I was <laughs> exactly. like, exactly what I'm currently living in. That's like a mansion. Yeah, exactly. The question is, where would you put your tiny home? Somewhere in Montana. Yeah, I, uh, I'm currently looking around a little bit. I, I would love to be somewhere near the Beartooths. That's kind of always felt like home to me. And the Beartooths are really nice because you could be really close to Red Lodge if you need like groceries or anything like that, like nothing too remote. And then if I need to come home to see my family or anything like that, I'm only like an hour away. So From both Bozeman and Billings, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty good. So it's a pretty nice central location to be in the, in the Beartooths. So I just got to find some nice property to, to drop one on. Right. <laughs> Minor details. Minor details, for sure. So how long do you foresee this um, van life continuing? That is definitely the million-dollar question because I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to know, and you don't have to answer. What? No, it's, uh, I don't know. Um, I like it, and I'm not, I don't plan on doing it forever. And I think that as of right now, I'm going to keep continuing to do it until I'm sick of it. I think that's the perfect answer because... Honestly, people asked me as I've been on, you know, doing my nomadic travels the last couple of years, how long are you going to do this? And um, my answer is, I don't know. Like, I like it right now. You know, ask me again in a month. If I like it, then I'm going to keep doing it. You know, basically this works for me and I'm really enjoying it. And until something comes up where I feel like I should change it, then I'm going to continue doing it. And what's really interesting is I was, that was my answer up until the day that I decided to try and relocate my home base to Boulder. <laughs> and and now I'm here and I've been here for a month. And I mean, who knows? I might choose nomadic travels again in two months. Like who knows? It's not for us to, to plan right now. We don't have to know the answer to those things. It's just, you know, if it, if it's working, then that's great. And so I love that it's, it's working for you for now. Well, and it's, and I would say, and you probably know this as well as anyone, that nomadic travel is a complete roller coaster of emotion. Oh my and goodness. <laughs> you have yeah. what I've discovered is you have the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. You either have the best day ever or the worst day ever. There's not a lot of like existing days where you're just like, oh, I'm hanging out. Right? There there are just these days that are just so amazing and you feel so like your soul is so full and so happy. And then the other days are terrible. <laughs> and so I found that you don't have a lot of days that are just like comfortable, which is what you get if you live in a normal life. Oh, that's so interesting. I don't know if I would agree with that, but it's, it's, it's an interesting perspective though. When you think about the big picture, because every day is an adventure, every day is different. And so you don't have stability. You don't have the stability of regular normalcy. Right. I always liken it to basically this highway, right? So we, we're all taught to just take the highway, right? Get on this four-lane highway, stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic, going to and from work. And that's like this normal life. And the highway, is it's pretty safe. Like for the most part, yeah, there are accidents and you can get flat tires and some people die. But for the most part, that is the safe route, right? And so it's, it's pretty comfortable. Everybody knows it. It's this highway they take every single day. And that is this normal life of society. And then you have what we do. And that's like these crazy mountain twisting single lane dirt roads Mm -hmm. that maybe eat your car alive, you know? And so that's, you live every day and you have no idea what's around every corner. You have no idea 
what's going on. And so you have these absolutely stunningly beautiful views and those are those highs. Mm. But then you have the other days where you break an axle because you, you know, fell into a life-size pothole <laughs> that you didn't see coming. Yeah. That's how I look at this life mm-hmm. and how different it is from like these normal comforts of society. Right. I love that. It's a really good analogy. I love analogies. I'm all about them. Wow. So um, what is the biggest, the biggest trip you've done in your van? Like what, what have you, what have you experienced with it? Like what have been the rewards of having it? Yeah, I think that there's been a few. I mean, there's, I mean, there's been a lot, but it's so convenient to not have to ever be somewhere, right? And so like I, I did just two weeks ago, I went to the Canadian Rockies and I was in the Canadian Rockies for know, like a week and a half or so. But I went there on a whim and just decided to go north. And I, t- I was in Billings to see my family for a couple of days. And then I was going to see a friend in Bozeman. And I told them, oh, I'll be back in a couple of days. I'm just going to go to Bozeman for a day or so. And then the next thing I know, my dad's texting me, hey, how's it going? When are you coming home? And I said, oh, I'm in Canada. <laughs> so like, forgot to tell him. <laughs> have you been to Baja? I have not been to Baja yet. Would you take you, it if, over? If you few more weeks, I could have come down and visited you. I know. But you were escaped too quick. I, I was there for three months. <laughs> I know. It took me that long to actually have enough free time to head down that way. Yeah. Well, if you want to go, let me know. Yeah. That would be fun. Well, we were going to go together. We talked about it in Alaska, but it never happened. Yeah, we should. I know someone who has a van. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> yes i did that and then like another cool one i did was uh for new year's i went to switzerland and italy and not with your van not with the van (laughs) but what i did do was flights were like crazy stupid cheap out of seattle so i flew to amsterdam for like four hundred dollars and it was like fifteen hundred dollars out of montana so it cost me a hundred dollars in diesel each way and i drove to seattle and then I also made work of that where I stayed in Seattle for an extra week when I got back from that, saw friends and saw lots of good times. So that was pretty fun just to drive out to Seattle and, and do that. Yeah, it was it was really nice to just I had friends in Seattle that let me drop my van there for the two weeks I was in Europe. And yeah, it was it was really cool just to to have that freedom. Yeah, that's great. So you probably have some more big plans coming up for your van then, no? Well, for the van's going to get parked as of tomorrow for the next month. Right, because you're heading to Jordan. I'm heading to Jordan tomorrow. And so I will be there. And then I'll be there for a month, for a full month. And then I come back. And then I will probably jump right into the van and head somewhere. I don't know where yet. I already have <laughs> nice. a, a willing next van victim. <laughs> That's so, so great. She jump right into the van as soon as I get back and we'll head somewhere. I just don't know where yet. I have to say, this is so cool because one of the things and you you sort of touched on this, but one of the biggest things about being a nomad is the loneliness. And you really depend on your established relationships, networks, friends, um, to kind of keep you going when you're out there by yourself. And I love that you are integrating your network with your travels so much. I think that's really, like, really key to making this whole thing work is the amount of time that you get to spend with your friends and bring people with you. I think it's so great that you have a network like that because that is huge, huge. 
It is huge, huge. Yeah. They all seem to schedule their off time so that they can come join me for a week or so. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really neat to see people just just rallying around it. And that's something I, I did not expect when I when I moved into the band was this this whole idea of the people that I would meet and the people that I would connect with. And mm-hmm. and now I, I've, I'm pretty fortunate to, I can roll into pretty much any major town in Montana and have a crew of friends ready to hit the trail, grab beers, whatever it is, that are all stoked that I'm back and they all want to hang and, and that kind of thing. That's so cool. Although I will say, and I've talked about it numerous times with other people, is it does actually get kind of old where it's not new for me. But every time I roll into a new town, everyone who's there is stoked to see me and they just want to go grab beers and dinner and and hang out. And there's times I miss the actual solitude, which is weird living in a van and missing solitude. But the moment I roll into town, everybody gets all excited and wants to hang. So like there's times where I just won't tell anybody I'm in town and they usually get really mad when they find out (laughs) I was in town. Um, but just so I can have a little bit of alone time where it's maybe just even sitting in a Walmart parking lot watching Netflix to try and feel like a normal person for one night. Yeah. It's so ironic, no? It is, for sure. To like be living this complete life of solitude, but also missing solitude because you never get it. Yeah. It's very interesting that that's happened. I did not foresee that coming at all. And I remember... I have a really good friend. One of my best friends is in Great Falls, Montana. And we went out for dinner last time I was rolling through on my way up to Canada. And I always stay at her house when I'm there. And, and she was having a bad week. And after dinner, she goes, hey, Andy, like, we can go get drinks if you want. But I've had a kind of a bad week. Like, Do you mind if we just go back to my house, watch Netflix, and like open a bottle of wine? I'm like, that sounds amazing. And you're like, couch? <laughs> house? Really? <laughs> yeah, like Let's do indoors, yeah. watching doing mm-hmm. absolutely nothing sounds like a dream right now. Yeah. So while most people are sitting on their couches wishing they had my life, like being outside and doing all my stuff, there's definitely times where I wish I had theirs. Yeah. It's definitely give and take. And it's like the fly fishing guides in Montana. They're out fly fishing all day, all day, every day. And when they want to come home and sit, they do nothing. And their friends are like, oh, take me fly fishing. You've got the boat. Like, you know where to go. Let's go. And they're like, no. <laughs> you know yeah, like every single day i don't want to do that yeah no i get that you know what though i i must say in your situation i think that's a good problem to have because otherwise i don't know if it would work because you are a social person you know and so no so yeah it's 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 pretty fun but it's it's taxing on that front but it was really cool uh last fall i did what i what I dubbed the super creative name Montana Fall Tour. Yeah, I remember that. I love that. And I did this. It was kind of, it was kind of like a, a marketing ploy because it was basically what I would have done anyway, which was go take pictures of the fall. Uh, but I gave it a name and a mission, and that was to try and capture as much fall color as I could. And I reached out to every tourism region and city and state thing in Montana, and I got the whole project fully funded. This is so cool. I love that. This is an example of. I mean, you are traveling constantly. You haven't even left your home. This is so cool. You're in Montana. You're with the same friends that you've had for all these years. And yet you're on this grand adventure and you're still working your, your photography, uh, your income into this, totally making it work. And I love that because it's just thinking outside the box. I mean, you moved into a van and your goal wasn't 
to drive to Tierra del Fuego. You know, it was just to stick around your own backyard and do what you love. And I love that you are making that work. It's so cool to to witness that and to hear about it um, and to see it unfolding. And I mean, what an amazing thing for your, uh, really for your portfolio too, because it's only, I mean, you've added so much to it and this is, it's benefiting you in so many ways, it looks like, you know, and, and of course you're getting the the really rewarding side, which is all the personal growth. And for sure. Totally. I think that's so cool. Cheers to that. I really think that's, I love it. I love talking about this a year later. Cause I remember talking to you, I think we were in Macedonia last year and you were like, just, you had just made the move or, you know, and it was brand new and, and you were nervous about it and you weren't sure how you were going to make your money. And of course, all the normal fears of taking a leap, it's not secure. It's not stable. I mean, you start in a full on free fall. And so I love that you've figured out how to build your net and, uh, and make it work. And yeah. Yeah. It's been really, it's been a really cool ride. And, and one of the cool things I've seen with it is the ability to inspire other people to do the same leap. Mm-hmm. And in the last, I think six months, I think it's around 10 people have quit their jobs that I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and whether it was quit their job to get another job just because they weren't happy mm-hmm. or quit their job to join full, full-time freelance and whatever they're doing, artist or photographer or whatever it is, to just give it a chance. And it's, it's been really cool. And I have a kind of a funny story about it. I was sitting in, um, I was sitting in Bozeman. Uh, it was a few weeks ago for run to the pub. And I, I ran into, uh, a friend of a friend who my friend really wanted me to meet. So I, I talked to her and she's a blogger and, and doing, doing really cool stuff. And I said, Oh, are you doing it full time? And she goes, no, I wish like I'm going to be, uh, I, I want to someday, but as of right now, I'm, I'm just doing this in my free time and it's really fun, but I want to do it full time. I said, okay, cool. Well, just so you know, uh, if you hang out with me too much, you probably will quit your job. <laughs> and then 20 minutes later, I got a text from my one friend, Carissa, who just said, Hey, just quit my job. See you in Helena. And <laughs> so I screenshotted it and sent it, I sent it to my friend and I said, Hey, uh, I've got just one for today. Yeah. <laughs> the next day I got another text from another friend who just said, Hey, just quit my job. Thanks for all the help. <laughs> screenshotted uh-huh. that one, sent it to her and she goes, okay, like now I'm regretting meeting you. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Right. She'll thank you later. I swear, Andy, we could, we could compare these notes because I get them too. (laughs) And you know, it's not like we're advocates of, yeah, quit your job. It's just, we're advocates of do what you feel like you're called to do because this is your life. Right. Like do, do what you, what makes you happy, you know? And I have even the people that are just like in these jobs and I talk to them and I'm like, well, why are you doing it? And they're like, well, I get paid. And I'm like, okay, but you're not happy. And they're like, right. I'm like, talking to them about it. I'm like, well, you're not, you're not making like crazy, amazing money. It's, it's a job that even if you quit it, you can come back to another job like it mm-hmm. at any time. Yeah. There are many sources of income in this world. I agree. 200%. There's always jobs, especially like here in Billings or anything. And like a lot of Montana, there's a million jobs in this, in this state where there's a, there's a worker crisis, like in Billings, especially there's a worker shortage. Let's not sell Montana. 
Montana is really crappy. You guys shouldn't go there. Awful and ugly. It's and cold flat. forever. You should really just not go to Montana. It's <laughs> terrible. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's just like, you know, if, if worse comes to worst, you can get another job tomorrow. That's very true. I tell people that all the time. It's so true. If all you need is money, you can do it in a lot of ways. If if what you want is fulfillment and creativity and answering yourself to yourself, then then that could be an adventure for you. In 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 whatever that might look like. It might not look like moving into a van. It might not look like going traveling nomadically for two years or whatever, but but there's definitely something to be said about just listening to yourself and taking that leap and figuring it out. One of the things that has been surprising to me has been the response has I expected like a negative response from a lot of people where I would get, you know, older people going, I'm just some stupid young hippie kid, you know, that doesn't want to pay bills and just wants to freeload or whatever. Right. I expected at least some of that, especially from the older generations. And it's been surprising that I've, I've had zero people tell me that I'm an idiot. Zero. Like, my my success rate is 100%. And that has been shocking because I expected to at least get some negative feedback. But I've, I've run into two types of people. Type one is with the older generations anyway. Type one comes down to people who tell me, man, I wish I would have done that when I was your age. You know, I just jumped right into marriage and got in kids and going to a family and, and doing all this. And, and I wish I would have just taken a few years to just live on the road and just do what makes me happy and and just be out there. And that's one type. And the other type that I run into are the people who did it. And, you know, one of my really good friends, her dad is like really well off now, but he was a total nomad hippie, climbed mountains every day, hitchhiked to climb mountains, lived in a van, just, you know, did the life. And he doesn't talk about even now, like the successful things he's doing as a businessman. All the stories you ever hear him talk about is when he used to live in the van and when he used to do all the crazy stuff that he used to do. And, you know, you talk to these people and they say, right, I wouldn't do it right now. I wouldn't go jump in a van and live it at 70 years old or whatever. But I'm so glad that I did it. Yeah, I love that. What advice would you give to anybody who's kind of thinking about this because I know there are a lot of people a lot of people out there who think that living in a van is a cool idea so what would you say to them I mean my personal favorite motto is is just go you know (laughs) we've never heard that on this show before (laughs) and that's as simple as it it's as simple as it gets (laughs) and that's it like that's that's the advice is I can't everybody a specific piece of advice for what their circumstance is, but I can tell you that if you have an itch and you want to do it, that itch is not going to go away. The itch is only going to get worse. And if you don't go and if you don't do it, the itch will just turn to regret. And so that's what I run into. And I run into all these people who had the itch, had the itch, had the itch, and then eventually realized that they got too old, they got too settled down, they have kids, whatever it is. And now the itch turned to regret. And they wish they would have done it. Mm-hmm. I love that because that applies to everything in life. Not just your idea to live in a van, but any of those ideas that you have, any of those dreams that you have, that applies. Completely. Right. And that's what I tell 
everyone. It doesn't matter if you're trying to live in a van or travel or anything is if you have a dream of some sort, you have to try because nobody has ever regretted trying. They regret not doing it, Mm -hmm. you know? So even if they fail and they have to go back and they have to slump back away and do something else, there's still this, this sense of a proud, like a pride in trying. Absolutely. I think failure is a matter of perspective completely. It is. I think the biggest failure, I mean, it's been said a million times, the biggest failure is not doing it. Yeah. And not trying. You know, you're not a failure if you try to live a dream or you chase a dream and then you have to give it up. That's that's not failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it reminds me of um it's either Liz Gilbert or Brene Brown. I can't remember which one. They were they did it in a conversation together, but the question wasn't what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? It's what would you do even if you knew you were going to fail? Like what's worth doing even if you fail? <laughs> and I think that we learn from all of these kind of big experiences. And so I don't know. I don't know if there's, I don't know if I agree that there's even failure in that. It, I guess it depends on what your measure of success is, but I think personal growth is a huge success and you're going to get that no matter what. So I agree. Well, Andy, um, we got to wrap up here because we could talk about this for a long time. Oh, we could talk about the days for sure. Yeah. But uh, let's remind everybody where we can find you real quick. So where, where are you on social and online? On every social media platform out there, you can find me at Andy Austin Photo. It's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those fun things, just at Andy Austin Photo. And then on Instagram, I also have at Andy in the Van, which is a little more of my crazy life behind the van and sits more portraits and van life and crazy stupid things like me wearing Pendleton matching pajamas <laughs> and, and smoking cigars yeah and smoking cigars right. and just doing dumb stupid child things like I do <laughs> that's Andy all right Andy thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and good luck in Jordan and um yeah all the best to you as you continue your adventures excited and i can't wait to see you again thanks for having me and let's go to baja sounds good (laughs) thanks andy all right thanks again to andy for that vicarious adventure into van life don't forget to check him out on social media especially instagram you won't regret following either of his accounts he posts amazing photos and funny stories and check out his blog andyandthevan.com for more uh, hashtag van life stories. You can find show notes for this episode and all the links and things that we mentioned at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 80. And remember, you have until the end of July 2017 to take advantage of your special BMT podcast listener promo to join us in the Budget Minded Traveler Blueprint online course as we make bold declarations and take steps together that will get us to our next trips sooner and smarter. So go to thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash blueprint and use promo code BMT podcast fan. I'll spell that out for you. It's BMT podcast fan BMT podcast fan to get 15% off while you still can. I hope to see you guys in there. Thanks again for listening. And I promise I'll be back very soon. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. 
Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.